0: The right of the joining and release i know of but it is not easy randall the hermit said as they moved away from the rim tran went on hurriedly the orb said you are the one to come and demanded the pre-life randall do you have the pre-life nonsense randall retorted even if there were such beings as the pre-lives it is rubbish ramblings of a lunatic hermit and that orb thing it's some trick randall Oksana interrupted do you not see he's more afraid than you are What I want to know is why. Why, Rock Dweller, are you in such great trepidation?" Turan Herpedros paused long. A lump in his throat choked his words. Very soon Dolor's black traces will seek us. As we cannot resist their number, I see death approach. You, Oksana Summelon the Red, he did not take notice, and thus you will be safe, as you had planned in the green forests. You, Randall of the Lee, however, are marked like me, Though he will quickly discover you are not the dolphin, he will rip open your gullet because you bear the image of his arch-antagonist." As if another man were talking, Taran shut his eyes and lowered his chin upon his chest, heavy with confession. "'Listen to me, young children of mankind,' the hermit spoke sincerely. "'You have only one hope. It lies within that chasm. At least there is some prospect of safety. My charge is never wrong.' Trance eloquence and pathos stirred Randall. A remarkable effect as the incidents of their animosity were recent. However, Oxana did not yield to the display. She coolly turned towards Randall. You saw this phenomenon, this doler? I did not, Oxana spoke frankly. Did you perceive a threat as the hermit has explained? I discerned something malevolent in his approach, Randall replied. Quite chilling. As to whether this means my death, no, I did not get that. Taran, Oksana turned to the hermit, why have you not spoken of this earlier, so that Randall and I might distance ourselves from this sight? Why, Turan, your judgment appears sluggish for someone who sports himself to be as superior as you claim. Her voice was solid but razor-sharp, cutting to the hermit's core, right to his conceit. Quite superior indeed I am, and you, hunter of sorts, have no merit to opine as to right or wrong courses. Turan spoke up, his ire had mushroomed at her jibe, and he cast aside the disguise of his lie. Indeed, the rite will steal the orb from this place, from me. I am its keeper. You are not the soldier king. You are a boy. The hermit grappled with his self-centered false piety as Oxana's attack had worked. Indeed, she had seen through his moody ruse. If you had not come, the beaten colossi remarked without finishing his threat. Oh, leave me alone, he pronounced. While his duty was to the orb and its prophecy, his pride and self-glory had surpassed his obligation. Damn you, Turan. You're a common liar. Randall recognized that while he had been duped by the hermit's indirect submission to gainsake pity, Oksana had not. My death, your death, pshaw. Yes, your death. I do not lie about that, Master Randall, the hermit spat with contempt. You are the one who will bring back that monster Dolor, and when he returns, he will find you out on the trail. I will remain here, in the heart of Jambizmrah, where he does not guess. Therefore leave and find that demon of the heart-born clans. I will study your death to avoid my own. With what assurances do you have that I won't reveal your presence, Hermit? demanded the Red, who was in her game. The possibility that either Randall or Xana would reveal the secret passages of Jan Bismra to anyone outside in the immediate circle stunned the recluse. He had not considered it, for the two appeared dependable. You are a hunter, the hermit responded in his disturbed mood. Oxana, ever cautious about too much pattern, dropped the conversation with the hermit and switched her attention to Randall. Dear cousin, I have always loved you and would not allow you to enter into any great harm. Certainly we cannot stay with the hermit. Yet if this image of a man that threatens you can appear and disappear at will, you are not safe anywhere, even with me. Surely you have caused the orb to speak strange things. I am making, therefore, a recommendation. Return to the orb, find out what it seeks, but do not listen to this lying recluse." Sidestepping the hermit, Randall nodded to his cousin and restarted towards the rim to convene with the orb. Before he could call to the others, though, the pulsating ball flew at him, and he instinctively drew back. Oksana turned in time to see the blue turn to ochre. More disturbing than the change of light, never before seen objects moving within it orb where is this pre-life you have demanded randall openly challenged the floating spear orb repeated randall where is this pre-life as he addressed the ball a flare shot out from the auroral display the tendril rose above the heads of the observers and as it stopped the tip of the fiery dart expanded in a reverse spiral The spiral rapidly increased its circumference, reaching four spans, and descended over Randall. Immediately, the orb and Randall vanished. Oxana was too late to stop it, if indeed she could have. Alone on the edge of the precipice, Oxana stared at the spectral nothingness and thought how foolish she had been. Bracken, the voice was mean and deep, like rocks that crash high in the mountains. Command, my lord, answered the sleeping black trace. Canst thou see me? Nay, lord, it is utter blackness, Bracken responded. There is a hole above thee, ascend to it. The black trace looked about, or rather his dream self did. As thou hast decreed, Bracken called, and he pulled himself upwards out of the darkness of his sleep. Into the night his somber dream figure arose, as his real form lay asleep in the tents of his garrison near the Stanton River. He counted fourteen screaming figures of kill surrounding him, men and women whose torsos were cut in half, even as some remained half alive, a scene not atypical to face when awakened by Dolor, the giver of grief. "'Canst thou see me, Braggon? spoke the lone figure dressed in a robe of raven feathers and hooded with heavy black felt. Thine image is yet unclear, Bracken boldly answered. It does not matter. Dost thou like in this place? Rumbled the voice from behind the black hood. It is the plains of fear, my lord, he answered. But did they not see the others of thy spawn? Nay, my lord, yet wait. It is clear, my lord. There are eight figures standing behind thy person, answered Bracken. Well done. The dark soulless voice paid the empty compliment. Gather thee behind me, Bracken, for thou art the remainder of thy lot, the grand voice commanded. Hold tight to thy mind and thy vision. Do not lose me, for thy lot departs. With the last words, each trace secured his hands under the waist belt of a preceding black trace, and the rookish being floated up in view of the dying victims. Nine black traces trailed like a tail on an evil kite into the obscurity of night. Tethered by their wills, strength, and dreams alike, the group soared northwest. Through the banks of cool clouds, the dark voice of Lord Dolor laughed until the assembly reached the first divide where the forbidding, soulless cluster veered due west towards the ever-rising peaks. Bracken felt his devotion overflow as water overspills a cup. His self-superiority buttressed him. Yet, as last in the brutal chain, Bracken had the most difficult position. Crosswinds buffeted him from all parts, like the end of a flip-whip where lay the harshest point. The rocky ranges rose, the night Riders climbed higher. None knew where his mission leader headed, but Dollar was in control. At the sudden loss of speed, Bracken braced himself. His decision to unchain would signal the others to likewise release. Bracken caught sight of a narrow ridge chosen by their leader and inwardly cursed, for such landing would be unnecessarily dangerous. Bracken wholly appreciated his circumstance. A bashing against the rocks was the same in both dream and waking realities. Not all, but certain natural laws burdened him. Furthermore, any misstep or delay would prompt his lord's intolerable rage. If his landing were grossly reckless, Lord Dolor, ever unforgiving, would refuse to rescue him. A final penalty, as only Dolor could return the traces to their waking selves. Bracken noted two massive rocks that sprouted higher than the rest. He conjectured Dolor would perch on the higher outcropping for the best possible views. Hence, he planned to take the lower. However, the wind flogged and the black kite dipped over the southern flank towards the boom. Two choices befell him land on the bone side and tumble down the steep face and risk his master's fatal anger, or let go high and hazard death. Bracken was ten spans in the air, a sure way to perish if his aim failed. Bracken chose the latter way to die. Bracken released his grip on the eighth black trace, Batak, who in turn passed the signal through the line. Bracken hit the rocky summit hard on his toes and rolled with force down the eastern slope onto a narrow ledge above another vertical drop. The other traces fared better. Dolor floated down to perch upon the highest crown, as Bracken had correctly guessed. Thou must report thy observations, my traces, the energized voice of Dolor broke through the wind. Bracken was the first to respond. We are due east of the great dunes, my lord. Another black trace whose identity the grey weather obscured followed in response. It is several leagues south of the great pass to the bone, my lord. The gale-force winds thrashed their bodies, but out of both sheer willpower and fear of Master Dolor, the traces did not budge. Thou wilt meet thy master before dawn. Thy lord needs spies. Investigate every cranny and rock of this region from here to three leagues north at the pass. Do not fail. Thou must find a kill with an unusual feature. He is old and haggard, but his skin is copper-colored, like thy lord's. Bracken was alarmed. Another Kallassi? Would the other Kallassi be as Dolor? Bracken wondered. Yesterday's gossip regarding Dolor's extreme distemper had widely circulated. If another Kallassi existed, older than Dolor, then such Kallassi might present a threat with similar forcefulness. Yet black traces never inquire of their lord. They obey in silence. In a deliberate fantail configuration, two traces followed one point guard in the direction Dollar had ordered. Hence, three V's scrambled through assorted boulder fields, ledges, and gullies to survey for their master. Dollar, meanwhile, keen to investigate the hermit's garden site, found Taran's false apartment where Randall and Taran ate their first meal. Fortunately, Teran's false room fooled him as it had Oxana. While there, the northern winds shifted and an early snow obscured the landscape. By the time the Black Traces reached Terran's garden site, Dollar's mood had grown gloomy. Although the snow had buried signs of human presence, they continued northward. Bracken, though, worried about the late hour while Dollar delayed. A Black Trace understood the gravity of failing to return to his waking self before Dollar awoke. Indeed, in a known instance, the bereft had chosen one of Bracken's predecessors, Tok, early in their campaign to scout a difficult mission. Duller had precisely described the location of kill entrenched in the foothills of the northwestern Sumita. In his unconscious state, wearing the black felt of death, Tok dawdled as he delighted himself frightening a group of women fleeing the war. Through his delay, he missed the rebels. In his fury, the Dream Master refused to return the black trace to his body. He left Tok on the slope-facing pair, where his unconscious state anxiously watched dawn approach. When the light of the rising sun touched Tok's waking self, the figure of a human awoke, but not the spirit. Aimlessly looking for his lost identity, the body wandered and eventually succumbed to predators, as would a senseless animal. Tok's unconscious or dreaming mind, meanwhile, lost all form that Dolor's enchantment had empowered and stuck to the earth in that spot. Later, Bracken passed over the same location and heard Tock's bodiless voice weep for help to his bellicose mates. With limited time, Bracken quickened his pace. Bracken, the familiar dark voice, boomed in his mind. Yes, my lord, he answered, dost thou think this endeavor futile? My lord, thou knowest, not I. Silence followed. Dollar did not make himself visible to the other black traces. Bracken. The voice called out again, and with a sudden presence the image of the bereft appeared. "'Aye, my lord, it is thine to say,' replied Bracken, somewhat startled. "'Thou hast crossed the ridges of this mountain better than the others. Perhaps thou hurried and missed a matter.' "'Curse me,' Bracken thought. "'He has found something which I have missed.' "'It is thine to say, my liege.' Bracken again supplicated, as the snow unmercifully fell." Nay, thou art the best, Bracken. The others are truly husks of thy cunning. For thy effort I will take thee to a place of two kill to have thy fill of magic. Gather on, the voice and image commanded. Bracken leapt onto the turning figure and flew up with his hands wrapped through Duller's belt. The thought of kill made him hungry.